0: 91 through the blaze, good afternoon, early evening, it's Monday. Spencer Porter and Hank Bichelle with you to recap the big weekend of football we had. Week four of the NFL, plus one is week five of college football. Uh, Lots of exciting things, always the surprises, the disappointments, and the amazing guesses and things we can foresee in the future in the world of sports. The most recent game we watched, though, in the nation, in MetLife Stadium, the New York Jets playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. Taylor Swift was there. More importantly, Blake Lively was there. And sadly, uh, I I feel like a lot of people pulling for the Jets, and they just could not pull it off as they lost 23-20. Typical 17-0 lead for KC. And then it was 17 to 2, the most New York Jets score. And then we blinked and segued into the second half. And Zach Wilson put together a great drive to start the second half. Uh, got a TD for the Jets. And I mean, they were so close. Patrick Mahomes, a, a very just average game two picks uh, for Mahomes. One passing touchdown, only 203 yards through the air. Only seven receptions to the Kansas City Chiefs receivers. And between Isaiah Pacheco and Travis Kelsey, those two the running back and tight end combined for 11 re- receptions, uh, which it is just crazy. Only 18 completions by Patrick Mahomes. The Jets defense played well, but a surprising outcome. Looked like it was gonna be all Chiefs. And you know now as we reflect on this game, there's a lot of ways and a lot of bullet points, you know, you could make that the Jets should have won this game. What were your thoughts on it, Hank, and and it just you know about how Zach Wilson played as well?
1: I thought Zach Wilson did a, a good job for his circumstances. You know, everyone thought the Chiefs were just going to roll him, like you said. Uh, if you want to go through the box score, it looks like Zach Wilson had a better game than Patrick Mahomes. So definitely, he's got the uh, ability to battle out battle it out with the uh, with the best of the best in the NFL. Um, some controversial calls down the stretch of the game that uh, kind of all favored the Chiefs. So we, uh, we can talk about that real quick. What do you think about the holding calls and the non-holding calls?
0: Holding call could have gone both ways. I think probably could go with a hold on Sauce Gardner on that third and long. But as well, the Jets defensive lineman uh, was being held by the left tackle of the Chiefs and that was not called. So I think you just throw both the flags, offsetting penalties and then we, you know, run third and 22 back. Um but the New York Jets had too many chances uh defensively to get the Chiefs off the field or for them to kick a field goal for the offense to get another crack at it. Patrick Mahomes 7 carries 51 rushing yards. He's faster than you think and and also like all of us, we'll get going after a running start of 15, 20 yards untouched several times where no one was accounted for him. And it ends up being a disappointment for the New York Jets. Robert Sala, for all we know, might have cried himself to sleep last night. He's just so invested in the game. The last penalty of the game was not a sports night conduct call on Coach Sala of the New York Jets. And, uh, you know, it it really is, is sad. You know, the New York Jets, like that shirt said, Just endure the suffering because that's all that franchise does for you uh, up to this point. But it was a sad loss. Zach Wilson, 245 yards through the air, two touchdowns. I I mean, it shows his potential, but at the same time, it shows that he still hasn't been that great because this this is his only first ever two-touchdown, no-interception game of his career in the NFL. And that's something that, you know, you would expect these NFL guys to do. Uh, regularly, uh, regularly, or at least you know once a month, uh, throughout their careers and throughout every season. But uh, I mean, it just was a tough one. Uh, but all in all, come on, it was tailor made for Sunday night. The Jets mm-hmm. made it a game, and it was super exciting. And and like the Kansas City Chiefs do, you know, even though they haven't played well, they win. Like the Philadelphia Eagles, even though they've had some shaky games. Uh, they still win. And, you know, we thought that as well was an interesting game as the Eagles hosted the Commanders division rivals in the NFC East and went into overtime as Sam Howell had a solid game and especially a solid second half as the last play regulation, the Commanders uh, scored Jahan Dotson on a 10 yard reception. And then that got into overtime. But, I mean, it's been talked all over the place, and we'll have to see here at least what Hank thinks. Do you think Ron Rivera should have gone for two on the road, division rival?
1: I think you can make a case for both because um, they were 2-1, and one, you know, just a game back from the divisional uh, divisional lead, and so I can see why he played it safe um, because the commanders aren't some uh, trash team that's, like, playing to tank. Like, they, they can be a wildcard team, you know, if they win the close game. So I I'd see why he played the conservative, maybe just to keep, you know, have there be a chance to win in overtime. But in my opinion, I think he should have gone for it. They they had all the momentum right there. I mean, we saw what happened to them a couple weeks ago when the Broncos had to go for two against them, and they got the Hail Mary, but then didn't get that. So tough situation, but I would have gone for two. And it's a tough thing to call, and
0: I mean – I. I promise you beforehand we were we were telling them they should go for two as soon as they scored the touchdown. A lot of emotion going on, you know, during all of that, a buzzer beater touchdown. But also there's there's so many geniuses in this world that, you know, after the fact will say, "Oh, they should have gone for it. They should have gone for two. They they should have pun they should have kicked the field goal uh, because it didn't work initially." I mean, it still is not a bad alternative to tie the game and go into overtime. You still have a chance to win. But I just think, I mean, Ron Rivera mentioned the offense was tired, and as pro, I mean, that's got to be, be true. It was uh, an emotional finish. Both coaches used timeouts. That drive uh, took forever, especially the last play, but they marched down the field, 10 plays, 64 yards in a minute and 43 seconds, a nice job done, but if the offense is tired, that means the defense is tired, and even if you're a Commanders fan or Ron Rivera, the head coach, there's got to be that realistic part in you that says, well, Jalen Hurts is better than my quarterback Sam Howell. DeAndre Swift is better than my running back Brian Robinson Jr. At running the ball, not you know recovering injuries because Brian Robinson's a dog. Terry McLaurin's a stud, but A.J. Brown is a better receiver. The Commander's defense is not as good as the Eagles' defense. And I think the underrated fact of it all is – Joey Sly is not as good of a kicker as Jake Elliott, who might be the best kicker in the league right now. He's been clutch and he's been, you know, nailing field goals from deep, deep range. So, so much to say after the fact. Uh, But the commanders, they've, they've played some competitive ball, kind of got blown off the field by the bills. uh, But Buffalo has been a solid team. The offense has been clicking. Their DB White has a big injury as he is out for the year after a torn Achilles during that Dolphins game, which is a big loss for the Bills. Uh, But they're rolling, so the Commanders fall to two and two. The Eagles uh, continue to be undefeated at four and zero, and that is coupled with the San Francisco 49ers, who are the other four and zero team in the NFC. So no undefeated teams in the AFC, but also no defeated teams. And then you got two undefeateds in the NFC and then two defeateds in the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers. And those are, you know, the, the Panthers and Bears also had the top five picks. You know, <laughs> Bears had the first-round draft pick traded to the Panthers just a few months ago. And so they're, they're still in that bubble trying to work things out. Uh, but, I mean, it's not easy. The, yeah, if the, the
1: season ended today, they'd have the first and the second overall pick.
0: Which I mean that it's exciting to some degree, uh, but you know draft day is exciting for a day or a week. Uh, Championship is yeah. exciting for the rest of your life, but it's so hard to do, and especially in this league because there's just so many surprises. We didn't think the Texans would uh, be this solid, be playing this competitively, and even you know the the Colts. You can never count them out. They were down 23 nothing. You blink. After a few nice drives by Anthony Richardson, it's tied 23-23. And they go into overtime. And, it, I mean, the football gods had to let it happen. Puka Nakua, after 35,000 catches, finally scored a touchdown. So he deserved it. And in week four, uh, the greatest wide receiver of all time, Puka Nakua. Greatest rookie of all time with several stats you want to look at. Uh, Barstool Sports, uh doted him as the greatest receiver of all time. But they're very sarcastic. But anyway, finally gets his first touchdown. The Rams win. But so many nail biters uh, when you don't think it will be. And then other games where you think it could be close. And then the Cowboys beat the Patriots 38-3. to So uh, you just never know. And as as we're also aware, week four finishes up tonight between the Giants and the Seahawks, uh, which uh, will be... Exciting as well, I think two two very evenly matched teams, uh, record wise. Well, just just kind of ceiling wise, because there's one week where Geno Smith is just not it, and then next week Geno Smith is amazing. He's a franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. and the same thing with Daniel Jones. And the Seahawks and the Giants are both both sadly so successful at always having the injury bug in the running back position. Uh, we'll see if Saquon Barkley will be able to, to play. But uh, it's been better for the Seahawks with Kenneth Walker and now the rookie out of UCLA who's been a great running back too. Sharanay, uh, I believe, uh, or to that degree. But when they had Rashad Penny and Chris Carson, uh, those poor guys just were banged up all the time. Russell Wilson was the leading rusher or, or had the most carries uh, for a while. With all that blabber, this is a fun topic we wanted to bring up. Is after you know four weeks in the NFL, is who we would put as our MVP front runner, and the MVP has just trickled into a quarterback award, but I don't know about this year. So, you know, Hank, you think the MVP right front runner right now is a quarterback? Who would you
1: go with, and you know who would maybe be your your top three? Top three. Uh, we were talking about this yesterday, but Christian McCaffrey's got to be up there. I mean, stuff he's been doing. Four touchdowns yesterday. He's broken Jerry Rice's game, uh, record for most touchdowns in a consecutive games. Like, he's just doing everything right now. Uh, leading the league in rush yards, touches, all that. So, I definitely think McCaffrey, as of right now, just because no quarterback has played uh, like uh, to an MVP-level standard, that we've seen the last couple of years, so I put him at one. Uh, back to quarterbacks, I put Josh Allen at two. Week one, he you know he had, he didn't play that great, and uh, he even said after the loss on Monday night that that was on him. Since then, he's just been on fire, lighting up every defense he saw, he's seen. Um, and then for my third place, I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, You could go defense, but I don't think any one player has made that much of an impact
0: I agree as well with with Josh Allen and Christian McCaffrey Uh, Lamar Jackson always has you know a a sneaky nice start to the season and You know sadly he doesn't finish the season well sometimes because he's injured and can't get on the field but he's he's been solid up to this point the Ravens trickle along, play a lot of smash mouth football, but in the end, you know, just stay true to who they are and and play well. They took it to the Browns on the road, winning 28-3. Lamar, you know, doesn't doesn't usually flirt with 300 yards passing in a game, uh, but he's been solid. Only has one pick on the year. Every quarterback I I mean, has thrown interceptions up to this point. I mean, we saw it with Patrick Mahomes on Sunday night, and we saw it on Monday night, first game of the year for Josh Allen. Sometimes, you know, this muscle memory just works against you or something that works in practice or works on Madden. You go for it, and it's picked off. There's just athletes everywhere. And, you know, no matter what sport you play, don't telegraph those passes. Uh, but but I'm, I agree. Christian McCaffrey has it, just been phenomenal. Uh, He's already at 459 rushing yards this year after four games. He's had three games over 100 yards on the ground. And he's such a threat as a receiver. One of his touchdowns yesterday was uh, receiving. So they're rolling. And a lot of it is because of run CMC. So uh, it's exciting for for the 49ers. And as long as they're healthy, they definitely want to avenge that loss. Uh, to the Eagles it uh, is the lost of the NFC Championship 49ers have quite a streak on the regular season And they they keep it going and the Chicago Bears uh, I believe it's now 13 straight
1: Yeah, I saw that stat that uh, They are the only like professional sports team in America that have not won a game since Elon Musk bought Twitter
0: <laughs> I mean, that that's pathetic. But they they got a lot of a lot of things going on. You know, after a rough game Sam Donald had against the Patriots years back, he said he was seeing ghosts. There's there's ghosts, there's rumors, there's just a lot of negativity in that Bears organization. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can't even keep all the lawnmowers at Soldier Field as some guy broke in and stole hundred K worth of, you know, property and main lawn care, maintenance stuff. Uh, it, it's just a hot mess in the Windy City. Uh, but at least, you know, they have Michael Jordan because the Chicago White Sox had another horrible season. Tim Anderson didn't do anything. The Chicago Cubs missed the playoffs by a game uh, because 2016, although it was Cinderella, it was a lucky year for the Cubs. And uh city's just... Just struggling with 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 that fact of it. The Chicago Blackhawks aren't very good anymore. The Chicago Fire in the MLS Fact actually kind of solid, good for them. Uh, but uh, that's how that's how it's been. And so with those surprising close games, as the Eagles, you know, sluggish here and there, but also nice connections offensively from Hertz to Brown, the Chargers. Uh, almost losing to a rookie quarterback. And then the Chiefs, uh, there's some question marks with their separation, their receivers, uh, you know, Sky Moore and Valdez Scantling. You know, there's there's no Tyree Kill anymore. Juju Smith-Schuster, even though he's memeable, you can make fun of him. He, uh, you know, made a few plays. So there's some question marks with that. Uh, but what are your worries with those three teams uh, you know if you, know, you could deem this as a surprisingly close game and you know instead of winning by double digits, all these teams crept by only winning by you know three to seven points
1: well, I think the chargers and raiders and the eagles and commanders it's all divisional opponents and so that that adds a layer to the game that's gonna make it closer than it already will be uh like if you look back all the Chargers and Raiders games are they're always close they're always one to two score games same with the uh, Washington they were the first team to beat Philly last year if I'm not mistaken so they always play Philly really tough so um i think from what we watched that was Phili- one of Philadelphia's better games this year their offense had a couple sna- stagnant drives but Uh, Got going a lot better in the second half. Like you said, A.J. Brown was getting open. Uh, Sam Howell kind of just balled out in that second half like we already talked about. Uh, But the Chargers defense, um, letting that Raiders offense put up 17, even though 17 is not a lot, it's still like uh, kind of embarrassment for them. So I think that uh, I would definitely worry about the Chargers defense, which is what we've been talking about for the last – 15 years with the Chargers. But I think the Chiefs have worried me the most. They uh, haven't looked like the Chiefs that we've gotten used to in the last three, four games. Like, I don't think they've played a solid, like complete game of football yet this year.
0: Yeah, I I mean, they've it been shaky. They lost to the Lions. Lions played great. But they, the Chiefs don't have guys getting open. And it's just it's just funny what what Patrick Mahomes you know has to deal with he's worshipped uh but he can't get you know get the ball to his receivers they can't get open and he also uh is you know not, not playing as good as he could two picks yesterday uh he threw a third one but that was with that that penalty and you know he's just just been shaky had to he's had to run the ball more Juwan Taylor, his right tackle already has 10 accepted penalties on the season. That is just, that is, that's garbage. That's hot garbage uh, for a lineman. Uh, you know, that's two to three every game, and that's unacceptable. That's going to come to bite you, you know, in the playoffs. It's hard to enough to convert the ball in first and 10, and then if you blink and have first and 20, it it's just insurmountable as that's something the Utah Utes had to deal a lot with in that lost Oregon State, but we'll touch on that in just a bit. It's funny, you know, in the city of L.A., the L.A. Rams are bigger than uh, the L.A. Chargers. They haven't been in the state of California as long, but they have a rink. Uh, they, I mean, they just got it. With Matthew Stafford, with Odell, forget about, you know, his contributions, even though he didn't make the Super Bowl, and Sean McVay is a mastermind Uh and the Lakers, you know, they, they run the NBA in, in L.A. The Clippers are in the, the background. And that's part of it because the Clippers and Chargers do the same thing every year. The Chargers start off start off well, and then you blink. And Derwin James is out for a game. Uh, Bosa. Nick Bosa's out for a game because his toe hurts, and he pulled a muscle. Eckler hasn't played since, like, week one. Eckler's been banged up. And Mike Williams, I mean, really unfortunate because he just—he looks like Randy Moss's brother. That—that dude is so just big and amazing target, amazing receiver. He's torn his ACL, and so they just go on the same trend, and the Clippers do the same thing: Uh, have a a beautiful roster, and then Kawhi's out or Kawhi's doing load management. Paul George is banged up, and, and then they might trade for someone those have to depend on these no names they sneak out some wins and then when it gets meaningful they just can't do it uh, and sometimes it it's because even of the coaching brandon staley is a mess uh, as the head coach for the la chargers uh, surprised he m- made it uh last offseason he didn't get fired and he's always just playing every game with that in the back of You know, all of of us as critics uh, thinking about that and thinking he should get out of there. So that's just, I I mean, it's so interesting. Week-to-week basis, there's just some teams that absolutely crumble, and it's crazy with all the, the media, all the hype, all the fans, all the talk, and then the game plan is just, I mean, it was like, It's like they didn't even try. The Patriots game plan was horrible. The Steelers offense is so, it's so bad. Uh, Just over the weekend, the Utah Utes offense, the New England Patriots offense, the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, just horrible. But, you know, we we expect these teams to be how they were in past years, uh, but the times have changed. Uh, the, the the new brand Lions, uh, the, the Detroit Lions might be for real, which is so fun for the, the league. Uh, and some of these other teams are peaking as, as well. The Colts and the Texans, uh, they've got a, a couple of wins. The Buccaneers are 3-1, and one, so still early, but it's fun to think about all of those things. And as we wrap up the second half of the show, of course we want to talk a little bit about some college football. This is sadly when... You know, the, those teams in the state of Utah get kind of forgotten about after maybe, is it a down year or just one loss? Uh, but the Utah Utes dropped in the rankings, now to number 18. The The top 10 didn't change much uh, as Georgia is still the top dog. Uh, then to Michigan, Texas, Ohio State, Florida State at five, Penn State. Then the Pac-12 on a streak at Washington at 7, Oregon at 8, USC at 9, and Notre Dame uh, tops it at 10. Oklahoma is trickling into there. North Carolina's at 14. And the only team with two losses in the top 25 is LSU at number 23. Uh, but, you know, they're a very talented team, have a tough schedule. Uh, but at the same time, they're 0-2. Uh, against ranked opponents, I believe. And so that's, you know, close but no cigar, uh, as you know, they lost to number eight Florida State and number twenty Ole Miss. So a lot of love for LSU, um, but Pac-12 continues to be the shining conference uh, up to this point. So we'll have to see. Not much has changed. We don't need to speculate much who we think it is big time or not but we are going to highlight some of the big games this week. Well, number 12 Oklahoma is at number 3 Texas, number 20 Kentucky at number 1 Georgia, and number 10 Notre Dame at number 25 Louisville. And I mean they've trickled in uh, to the top 25. The Cardinals are undefeated up to this point. Do you think we see some upsets here, Hank? I mean it's going to be hard as Texas is at home and Georgia uh, but Oklahoma, Texas especially rivalry and Kentucky is undefeated. They've they've played some some decent ball uh, You know, they've had a solid start to their SEC season, uh, but what do you say?
1: Uh, yeah, I think the Obviously upset alerts gonna be the Texas game Oklahoma, Texas big rivals So I, I think no matter what you do that game is gonna be close, but I probably see Texas pulling that one out I think they're the better team this year playing at home helps too I think uh, George is going to handle business in the most Georgia way. It'll be close in the first half, maybe tied going into halftime, and then they'll win by thirty by the end of the game. And then that last one, Notre Dame at Louisville. Notre Dame's finally getting to play some tougher teams, but I think they're solid. They're going to go. They'll go into Louisville and give them the first loss of the season. Yeah, I think. I mean, bluntly. Louisville won't be ranked after this week ever
0: again this season. Um, To this point, the Longhorns, after this Oklahoma game, don't play another ranked team uh, in the Big 12. The rest of their schedule, Houston, BYU, Kansas State, TCU, Iowa State, Texas Tech, none of them ranked. It's possible. But the Longhorns stuck it to Alabama, stuck it to Kansas, uh, who were ranked. And so if they beat Oklahoma, they're only halfway through the regular season, and their resume would be just pristine. And after this Oklahoma game, they'll have a bye. So I know Sark's going to go all out. I think Texas is, you know, they're five stars. They're the cherry on top this year. And so I I agree with you. It's almost impossible, well, just as the numbers say, for these – in the ranked versus ranked matchups, especially top five teams to lose at home. Uh, But Texas did that as they spoiled the Crimson Tide's home opener in Tuscaloosa. But I think uh, Oklahoma uh, will just be overmatched. Uh, But it will be an exciting game, could possibly be a shootout with the talented Dylan Gabriel and and Quentin Ewers. Uh, So we're super excited for that one, for that game. Uh, the Pac-12, uh, a lot of them actually have a, have buys this week. Colorado plays Arizona State, uh, but Washington, Oregon, BYU, excuse me, Washington, Oregon, Utah have buys. So uh, it'll be exciting because the 14th we have Washington uh, versus Oregon, which will be super exciting. And for the Utah Utes' sake, just a blessing at this point uh, for them to have a buy. It seems like after that one loss, just everything has fallen apart. Uh, but with a little bit of health, uh, a little bit of film, and just learning from the loss, I think the youths will will be all right. Uh, you know what? What disappointed you about that loss against Oregon State, uh,
1: Hank? Uh, I think definitely the offense. I mean, the defense. It's hard to keep a team out of the end zone. The defense played pretty good but that offense they just cannot move the ball down the field the running game is <clears throat> non-existent right now and they can't throw the ball that well and you saw them changing their quarterbacks in the second half uh and then bryson burns getting hurt and he ha- he had to go back out nate johnson comes back in and uh so you know cam rising plane is definitely going to help them but they they have to clean up some other things uh people getting through that line too fast and that's the what the main problem is with the running game you know they just can't get break out any big runs to uh, stretch the defense out and let them throw it so that offense is really really s uh, held up right now and I think that's their biggest problem by far
0: yeah I mean definitely disappointing on the offensive side of the ball and it's also just I mean you know Cam Rising his health was so shaky in this offseason and it just looks like Nate Johnson and Bryson Barnes, whoever you're going to throw at quarterback, could have had you know more reps. I just don't know, you know, how dedicated they were uh, into you know getting Nate Johnson or Bryson Barnes some first-team reps. It was almost just you know if they can if they can you know patch up the big gaping hole that Cam Rising leaves. Everything will be okay, even though if there's a little bit of leaks. It's just never been uh, very fluid. Uh, I mean, I want the Utes to win every game, but it seems like they, I mean, they've gotten a little bit lucky. That 70-yard touchdown pass from the first-place scrimmage on the season uh, is a touchdown pass to Money Parks. If he doesn't score that, if that play doesn't work, it's a totally different game. Uh, but I mean, I don't, I don't love saying if that didn't work because it did, uh, but that the pick six against UCLA seven nothing. So the Utes put them in positions to start that game against UCLA and that game against Florida up seven seven nothing almost instantly, and it almost lost it early uh, on in the season against Baylor. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was just a bad bad start from the beginning. The defense played well for the most part. Uh, got you know that takeaway. Cole Bishop is amazing, and got those sacks. Uh, but the offense is just a liability, and I hope they can fix that because the schedule's not getting any easier. You know, facing U- USC and Oregon in back-to-back weeks—that's uh, you know—that's someone's worst nightmare. We're finishing up the hour here, we have two quick segments. We're gonna show a little bit of love to the WNBA as they enter uh, the finals. That will, game one will start this Sunday, and it's between, on a big shock here, the two best teams in the league, the New York Liberty and the Las Vegas Aces. Last year's MVP, Asia Wilson, the best player on the Las Vegas Aces, and the best player this year, Brianna Stewart, the MVP of the league uh, on the New York Liberty. So this will be really exciting. The first round was best of three. Second round was best of five, and this one is the typical uh, best of seven, uh, which will be a lot of fun. And if you remember Spurs assistant coach, the legend Becky Hammond, she is the head coach of the Las Vegas Aces who won it all last year. Um, and so there's a lot of talent. They play at the Mandalay Bay, the Aces do, and then the Liberty in the Barclays Arena where the Nets play. Uh what what's your prediction? Just how many games and who do you think pulls this out?
1: Give me the Liberty in seven. Uh, I like Stewie. I think she's like MVP. I think she'll go big time. I think uh, Sabrina uh, Inescu is uh, she's a she's a gamer. So and I. Like, we've talked about it a couple times before. They're 3-0, I think, on them on the year through regular season. Only team to be undefeated against the Aces. So I think that trend continues. Yeah, the two best records in the league, and they meet up.
0: The Aces haven't lost a game in the postseason. The Liberty had one little hiccup against the Connecticut Sun, but wrapped things up yesterday in the win over them. It There's a lot of good players on this on these squads. Uh, the Liberty have big threat in Jonquil Jones, who won MVP a handful of years ago. Uh, she has a lot of size and she can hit the three ball, which might cause Asia Wilson some trouble. Uh, but you know, even Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum are good aces uh, players, and I they I just think they have the better coach. And Asia Wilson uh, has got got a little bit of hunger inside to. Avenge her not winning back-to-back MVPs. So I think, I think the Aces win this in six, actually. Uh, but you know, we're we're not sure we we you know haven't paid a lot of attention to the WNBA until the season finished out the regular season and then the playoffs. You know, kind of like what a lot of us do for the MLB, uh, which the postseason is starting there. So that will be interesting uh, to see what happens and. Like we said, game one is on Sunday. Uh, and then within the last couple minutes we have, our uh, tough win and tough loss of the week. We we always spoil it intentionally throughout the show. Um, but our tough loss of the week was is the Washington Commanders as they fell in overtime to the Philadelphia Eagles, 34-31. They won the coin toss. Heads or tails, they chose tails. And did not march down the field. Punted. And the Eagles did a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then, of course, the tush push, the QB sneak on a fourth and one. They got the first down. And then DeAndre Swift gained about six yards on the ground. And that was enough to put Jake Elliott on the field for a game-winning field goal. And the Commanders fought. But just could not pull it off. And, you know, tough for them. Uh, tough for the biggest Commanders fan in the state of Utah, Austin Williams, a friend of ours. But they get the tough loss of the week. And the Eagles improve uh, to 4 uh, 0. And the tough win of the week, even though it was not a close game, we got to show some love to the Toy Story. Uh, football gridiron as we went to the London for the first international game of the season. And the Jacksonville Jaguars handled the Falcons for, we'll scratch out the tough for our fun win of the weekend. As they beat the quarterback burdened Atlanta Falcons, uh, 23 to seven, uh, you know, we got up for that beautiful Sunday morning. What were your thoughts about the Toy Story, Hank? And what do you think about Desmond Ritter uh, as Taylor Heineke is just waiting as the backup QB to get some burn?
1: I'll start with Ritter. I don't, he's not the answer. He uh, That offense has some crazy weapons that they need to unleash. They got two great running backs, probably the most athletic – Tight end in the league, and they're not using any of them. Drake London's a good receiver. Mac Holland's a good receiver, and they're not. They just they can't put uh, a lot of points up on the board, and they should be the complete opposite. So I think I think you got to move on. I know he's young and uh, development the whole time, but uh, I think you have a good enough wa- roster to r- compete for a playoff spot right now. Now the Toy Story edition of the game was a was awesome. I watched the whole fourth quarter in the Toy Story. Um, a little animation thing, and it was cool. It was keeping up with the game, you know, play by play. They had their own little um, production for it. Shout out Booger McFarland. But it was cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Slinky the dog has the chains, the first down marker, the most and, creative minds. And the claw, the claw, set, setting the ball. the ball. No, yeah, it was. It was cool. I could definitely see like it worked for my kids. They were like all just enamored in it. So. And B. John Robinson with the shakes,
0: mm. live or on Toy Story format, just, just top-notch. Uh, part of my take talked about this, but, like, like Kyle Pitts, what, what does he define as a good game? Like, how many times he burns the guy guarding him? If he, yeah, if he runs if, his route correctly. If he keeps his jersey clean, uh, because, you know, he's – he. well, what I saw on Twitter was, if you remember – Mr. Squeakers or whatever his name was, the the penguin, in the bookshelf with the dust on him, mm-hmm. it, that was Kyle Pitts on the Toy Story broadcast, uh, a solid artifact not getting any uh, love, not 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 being able to play, not being able to touch
1: the ball. No, he it's you could go put him on like the Cowboys, or like uh I mean the Eagles. Or the Dolphins, like any of those, he he's average. He's got a thousand yard season. Kyle Pitts, two catches,
0: 21 yards. Uh, I think Mike Giuseppe did that.
1: He's got 11 receptions for 121 yards on the season. No touchdowns. This guy's a monster. Puka Nakua can do that in a quarter. Yeah. I
0: mean, like. Le- le- let me get, a hypothetically, a quarterback in here and just say, would you like a 22-year-old that's 6'6", six, six, 246, uh, you know, 4'4", four, 4'5", four, four, speed, uh, you know, who's a stud in college. Run routes like a receiver. Tight end, you know, can block and can get open. Uh, would you like that? And I, they would all say yes. And the good QBs would use him, but Desmond Ritter, I, I don't know. He just, he just wants to, you know, watch Kyle Pitts do it. I hope Kyle Pitts has a good relationship with his offensive coordinator, so he can at least run his favorite route. Maybe he loves running, you know, corners or posts. So hopefully, he at least he gets to run routes he loves. I mean, maybe they just make him, you know, run hitches and drags, and so he just he's depressed out there. Uh, but i I mean he had a great game uh doing his thing, burning his man getting open uh and then getting two catches because Desmond Ritter would rather just throw two picks you know he two two he threw two balls to cow Pitts and two balls to the jaguars
1: uh-huh.
0: so the toy story was a hit. We'll be back in London next week Bill's Jaguars that'll be exciting should be a good uh, one. I mean, I want to play for the Jaguars just to stay in Europe for a third of the season. Uh, this one will be uh, where the Tottenham Hotspurs play. Uh, they just got handed a win, 2-1 uh, to one over Liverpool. Uh, so maybe we'll give them the tough win of the week. Uh, but as you can tell, we've butchered this segment. Uh, but we hope Kyle Pitts has a great game. He can cut those 11 catches in half and have five or six this week uh, for the Falcons. Um, but anything is possible, uh, as they say. Uh, so maybe he'll probably get zero. He hasn't done that yet. It's true. He's on. He's you know leaning towards that way. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're all they're all human. And if you only watched one NFL game in your life last night, because maybe you. May be, you you're that big Taylor Swift person, Swifty. or maybe you finally got out of that rock and just turned into Sunday Night Football. Zach Wilson looks like the best quarterback ever. So if, you know, someone decides to watch their first football game ever, maybe Bailey Zappi's going to be the greatest quarterback they ever saw, or Desmond Ritter. He has a just amazing bounce-back game. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, but Arthur Smith, that man on the sideline, head coach of the Falcons with his stash, he deserves better. He's got some an amazing run game uh, that Desmond Raiders just spoiled. Mm. With all those insults, though, I mean, the Falcons are 2-2, two two, which a lot of teams can't say that. So uh, we'll pick him up as we've put him down. But
1: Just has to do something worth being picked up for.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Falcons fans, I mean, you can just watch Desmond Raiders' highlight tape at Cincinnati. I mean, that dude was sent records left and right. Amazing stat line. Whether he was throwing it or running it, uh, he has that potential. He can do it, and uh, I, I think Bryce Young can also pull it off eventually. But there's only one winner. Uh, we haven't had a tie yet. Thought thought Commanders Eagles was going to give that to us, but it didn't end up happening. So good luck this next week. Take a break, everyone. Get outside. You know, after after the the Giants uh, Seahawks game, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Get a little breather, socialize, go do something. There's no football. Uh, But then, you know, Saturday, Sunday, well, and Thursday. But Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we'll get back in the groove, back on the TV glued uh, for the greatest sport to watch ever. Uh, And then we'll run it back again next Monday at 4 o'clock. Spencer and Hank, uh, we'll see you then. Uh, Good luck this week. We'll catch you on the flip side.